everybody. Welcome into episode eight of Figuring It Out with Austin and Spencer. My name is Austin, and we are so psyched that you guys have joined us for another episode here at Figuring It Out, whether you're watching on Bay Hope TV or listening on Bay Hope TV or YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music. We're so happy that you guys have joined us. And uh, Spencer and I were talking right before we got on, and he actually went bowling this past weekend. Yeah, I did. I'm not much of a bowler, so when I, I mean I I think I I usually when I, when I have a good day when I have a good day I bowl maybe 120 120 or Oof. 125. <laughs> that's pretty good though. That's that's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> no, but it's it's been a long time. I missed it. Uh huh. So what 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 did you do this weekend? Like particularly bowling. Like did you bowl with friends or did you like? Yeah, bowl I, went, with, like, I went with some friends. Yeah, okay. but. It was. It's been a long time since a bowl, and for most people who don't know, I did a little bowling in high school. It's uh, one of the more uh, dorkier things about me, I'd say. But it's. I, I just joined it for fun, the bowling team for fun. Didn't know that we had a bowling team, but it was. It was free bowling the entire winter. How could I say no? Free but, free bowling the entire winter. That's cool. The entire winter. Well, because you went to school up in Michigan, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the so you can't do anything outside. Yeah. You, you didn't want to play ice hockey? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't much of the hockey guy. <laughs> it wasn't much of the ho- Not much for falling down on the ice and really hurting yourself. <laughs> no, <not at> all. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, we also were talking about how the Rays won that crazy game this past Saturday. Dude, that was insane. Yeah, and it's great because we've said before on the podcast, but it's nice because the Tampa teams are finally on the map. And that never They're happens. They're killing it. <laughs> it never They're ha- absolutely killing it. But I don't know if any of you guys out there stayed up and watched it, but I, I'm, in, I'm in Pensacola, and I'm an hour behind. So it was not that late for me. But I remember I was sitting at the desk working on homework and, like, kind of multitasking. And I saw I saw the guy get the hit, the guy who I came off the bench and got the hit. And I was in shock. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's insane. And then just the crazy ending. What? Like baseball that never was, ends like that. It was so cool. It was. It looked like it was straight out of a movie. That's it what it looked like. It did. And, it was and, one of the best baseball games I've ever seen. Yeah, honestly, like it was. It was one of the craziest baseball games I've ever watched. And for those of you that didn't watch it, what happened was this guy came in. He was. He like. He was sub. He was a substitute hitter, and they literally put this guy on the roster just because he could run and he could field. They didn't like. He can't hit very well. And it was two strikes against one of the best closers in the game, and he hits a single, and the outfielder kind of bobbles it, and so the tying run scores, and then the winning run comes around, trips going to home plate, and then the catcher misses the ball, and the Rays win the game. <laughs> like, it was absolute mayhem. It was mayhem. And I think that's kind of cool for both of us, because we played baseball growing up. You, like, How many years did you play baseball, Spencer? I played baseball for like... Three or four years. Okay, three or four. Yeah, I, I played yeah. for like seven or eight, but seven. it's like, I remember one time I was playing baseball, actually, and I jumped over the catcher to score a run. Holy crap. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, I don't know what. You made sports center top ten? I, I guess I, I don't know what possessed me to do it. I couldn't tell you what possessed me to do it, but we were running <laughs> home, and I just had like the idea in the split second, like, hey, you know, 
like, if he gets the tag, I'm going to jump over him. And I, I jumped over him, and I just, like, barely... <laughs> I'm going to bring out the hops. Yeah, and, I, and oh, it was, like, the crowd was going crazy. And I'm, like, 13. <laughs> I'm 13 at the time, so all the, all the baseball moms and dads are like, what? That's insane! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was... I had a moment that was not so glorious. Uh, so I was a pitcher. Well, they'd put, they'd put me a pitcher in, like, very tight situations every time. Mm-hmm. And then I'd always give up runs. <laughs> and then they'd throw me in the outfield a lot of times right field, which was, which was for you, those of you who don't know, is for the person that's the worst. Like, yep. they just think, yeah, in right field because nothing, nothing comes your way. So, uh, so they put me in. It was bottom of the seventh because we only played the seven innings. It was bottom of the seventh. Bases were loaded. They'd throw me in. This, this guy had already hit, like, a home run. This kid was huge. And so I go up to pitch, and I'm just pitching around him the whole time. So it's like uh, there's three balls and two strikes, and so I had no choice. So I had to just throw it straight down the middle, and it just, he just crushed it. And that was the most devastating thing. Oh, that's so sad. You're like, I worked so hard for this, and then, oh, oh that's terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, hey, not, that so, ha- not so glorious a moment. Not so glorious a moment. <laughs> It still haunts me to this day. So it still haunts you. You still think about it. Falling asleep I can't at night. Sleep sometimes. Like, oh. <laughs> That's funny. Well, hey, today on the podcast we're gonna be talking about kind of a a big question, a big life question, so to speak. And it's great because Pastor Matthew actually touched on this a few weeks ago. It was, I think, the first message in his Asking for a Friend series. And it was the question of why is there so much suffering in the world today? Or if God is so good, how can bad things happen to good people? Right. And it's a common question. And if you guys want to go back and get the message, it's on it's on Bay Hope TV. It's on our YouTube channel. So, guys, definitely go check that out because it was a great, great message. But Spencer, I just want to get your thoughts about how how do you understand this idea of of suffering like god's goodness and his relationship to suffering how how do you understand that well like you said it's like a it's a question that i think we get asked a lot especially as christians uh there was one time i remember um i was on an airplane coming back uh from a trip and i sat next to this guy and we were talking and eventually it came up like about we were talking about god and how he used to believe and now he, he wasn't believing so much. And he asked, he's like, well, one of the main things is that, is that how can a good God let bad things happen to innocent, like, people, like, to kids? And so I was like, I was like shoot, like, that's, that's not an easy question to answer. Like, I was like, I tried giving, it, tried giving an answer, but it was rough. And I think even now, like, it's, it's tough to give a good answer to that question. Um, and so. But when we talk about suffering, like, why does, like, why do I suffer? Like, if God loves me, why am I going through this? I think it's important to know that God isn't bringing suffering and pain, like, on us. And, like, if you think it's because, oh, I did something wrong, I mean, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, because you did this, you're going you're gonna to pay for that. Like, God's not doing that. He, he cares about you. Um, the thing with it is that he's going to be using that to help you grow. And so, but it's, it's, it's tough to see. It's tough to see a lot of that. Yeah. And oftentimes it doesn't make sense. Right. It's like, and, and the, the tough thing is there's, it just, you look around in our world today and it just, especially 
2020. Like, you could chalk it up to just one of the worst years historically in years. It just seems like everything that's gone wrong has has gone wrong, right? Like, I mean, the world being shut, literally being shut down earlier this year. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's something nobody expected. Way out of left field. And we're still dealing with it. And then on top of that, it's like a, it's an election year. So that adds a whole nother tension and stress. And then with the, the racial injustice and the racial tension in our nation right now, it just seems like there's so much hurt. Right. And we've all we all experienced this to to some degree. We've all dealt with this. We've all wrestled with this question. Like, we even even those of us who've grown up in the church. I've grown up in the church since I was since I was born. I, I I've been at Bay Hope Church for my goodness. I think all my life, honestly. Like Pastor Matthew baptized me when I was a baby. Like I went through the children's department or the children's program. Uh, I didn't go through the middle school. Uh, I went oh, I went through the middle school. Didn't go through the high school. And now I'm an intern here. So. I've been in church all the my whole life. Cycle. Yeah, the whole cycle. <laughs> but I've been Speaking in church. Speaking of baseball. <laughs> Way to tie it in. Way to tie it in. Uh, but like I said, I've been in church all my life, and this is still something that I've wrestled with. It's like if God is so good, if God is as good as Scripture says he is, then why is there so much pain and so much anger and strife going on in the world today? And the thing that I've discovered over the years is because I've I've done a lot of study on this because I've been because it's one of those big questions, right, that I think a lot of people, not just Christians, wrestle with. And what I have found out is that God is not the author of suffering, right? Like God didn't engineer suffering when he created the world. He didn't create sin. And that is the main reason why we have suffering. It's because of sin. It's because uh, you can trace it all the way back to Genesis one, Genesis three. Uh, even you can go back to Genesis one and see how God created the world in perfect harmony, in perfect order. And then in Genesis three, man chose other than God. Man chose to disobey rather than to obey God. And all of a sudden, sin and death entered the world. And that is where this suffering came from. God didn't intend for mankind to suffer. It breaks his heart, actually. Like You see all throughout Scripture, God grieving for his people. God, God longing for his people to come back to him. God, God being angry at injustices. God being angry at, at trials, at, at, at disease, at famine, at death. Um, think, think back to the story of Lazarus in the New Testament. Jesus literally, he was God. He was fully God and fully man, but he still wept. He still hated death. He still hated suffering. And I think that's important for us to remember that that God is not the author of evil. God is not the author of suffering or of 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 COVID. God's not the author of anything that's happened, right? It's it's a result of sin and death in our lives. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, God gives us free will. Because we don't want, like, a controlling God. Like, we don't want a God who says, you have to do this. Like, he doesn't make you, like, he's not going to make you follow him. He gives you that choice. Yeah. And he's not going to, and so we have made that choice. And from birth, because we're human, we've made, like, the choice to sin. Um, and so we do sin. And because of that, like you're saying, like, it, it, brings, about, it brings about all this pain and all this hurt. Uh, you look in uh, Lamentations. I was just reading through that not too long ago. 
and it's like everything's going like the whole city is just a mess and every they they had like this this strong city everything is perfect and they started really turning away from god and started sinning and then they see all this death all this pain all this hurt and the writer is just like why god like why is this like why is this happening um and we were talking about it in our meeting and our staff meeting today but he said god you are still faithful like in the midst of all of that and that's something that's really cool in the midst of all of that like all this terrible terrible stuff is happening like people are dying and yet god you are still faithful like recognizing that god is not bringing this upon you he's not saying because you did this you're going to pay and he, you know he's going to help you through that though he's going to be there he's going to be faithful he's not going to leave and so that's important to remember. Yeah, and it, I, I love how you hit on the faithfulness of God because that's so true. And it made me think of um, the book of Hosea. And it's it's like it's really obscure. Like not a lot of people know the book of Hosea because it's like I don't think I know the book of Hosea. <laughs> <laughs> it's tucked right in the back of the Old Testament, like right before the New Testament. But it's this beautiful story of God's faithfulness. Honestly, uh, God called Hosea. This is a brief paraphrase, so I'm not quoting scripture, but this is just a brief paraphrase summary of the story. God called this prophet Hosea to to go and marry this this strange woman, this this woman who was involved in a lot of different things and who was definitely not following God. And her lifestyle, you you would. It's marked by a lot of what's going on in America today with, like, the rise in, in sex trafficking and prostitution. And it's sad to say, but that's like a real—that that's, shows the authenticity of Scripture, right? And God called Hosea, this prophet, this godly man, to go and marry this woman, this this prostitute. And Hosea was like, really? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> uh, but the whole reason is God was trying to show the people of Israel through Hosea that he was still faithful. That even though Israel had had gone out and had like cheated on God, basically, had been just promiscuously flirting with, with the world's ideology, with the, the, the false gods and the false paganism going on around them, that God was still faithful to them, right? And that's an important thing, how it relates to suffering. Like, God is still faithful, even when we cause some of it. And I, that's something that I still cannot wrap my head around, is even when I get myself into some stupid situation by something dumb I said or something dumb I did, that God is still faithful to me and that God is still with me in the midst of that suffering, right? Yeah, Um uh... I don't know. That's just, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, like, like you're saying, like, you know, we do go through these rough times and whether it's like our fault or there's times where it seems like, what did I do? And all this stuff is happening. Um, well, especially this really, year, like this year, yeah, it's, it's, that's for yeah. a lot of people. It's like, what, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, I, God is still there. He's, he's still faithful, but he uses that. Like I said earlier, like, to to grow us like he uses that pain to grow us um someone was like comparing it to like weightlifting like no pain no gain no you know? pain no gain yes like, sir <laughs> di- di- completely different type of pain yeah but like it's it's still that process of you know your your muscles you are getting like 
worked out. You're getting tested. Um, now God's not testing you. He's not, he, he's not doing that. He's not putting you through all that stuff, but he's using that mm-hmm. to strengthen you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's like, I find it interesting. You have to break down muscle in order to build it back stronger, right? Mm-hmm. There's something, there's a truth, there's a deep truth there. That's, that's something to be said for, right? Yeah. Like, that That's one of the best pieces of advice that I was given was you have to take like two steps back mm-hmm. so that you can, you have to take a step back so you can take two steps forward. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, there are times where, like, God will allow, like, another another rebuttal to, like, God's goodness amid suffering is, sure, okay, God doesn't call, cause suffering, right? But why didn't he prevent it? If he's so, so good, why didn't he stop it? And one of the clearest examples of that in Scripture is the book of Job. Like, Satan literally came to God and said, Job only loves you. Because you bless him. And God said, all right, I'll take away the blessing and he'll still praise me. And, and Job did that, right? And Job at the end of the book, it's just, it's a, it's a really interesting book. And it's not to say that God is, and a lot of people sadly have, have misinterpreted that and say that, hey, Job, the life of Job shows that God brings suffering. God author suffering in order for a greater good. No, it just shows uh, the principle that found in Romans 8, 28, that God uses suffering for our ultimate good and his ultimate glory, right? And at the end of the book, Job kind of questions God, like, God, uh, why? And uh, he kind of, kind of rebuked Job a little bit and said, hey, Job, you're just a man. Can you, and he gives all these elaborate descriptions, can you spin the earth on its axis? Can you create everything from nothing? He's like, no. He's like, but you know the point of that is not that Job knew everything, but Job knew the one who did, right? And that he knew the author of good. And the author of good is not the author of evil. Though Job didn't fully understand why he was suffering. He knew still that God was good and God didn't cause it, right? God may have allowed it, but only for the purpose of our ultimate good or Job's ultimate good and God's ultimate glory. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I go back to is like, hey, God is not going to, this is a terrible situation and it doesn't seem like God can bring any good out of it, but God will always work situations for his for our good and his glory. And that's really where the hope lies in in Christ, right? Yeah, and um Job is an interesting book. It's it's a it's a roller coaster, I'll tell you it what. It is. Oh yeah. Like he's he's mad at God, it seems like, and he's like I didn't do anything wrong. Like he's like I'll take you to court basically. He's like to show you that I didn't do anything wrong. And his friends are there too are like kind of like they're all getting mad at each other. It's just like this this crazy book. But in the end, he endures, and it says that God like blesses him like beyond like what he can imagine. And you brought up something too that was kind of interesting um, about how he uses like people's stories, maybe like to show his glory. Like whether like you're like, oh man, I went through this, and being able to connect with someone who doesn't know God. 
and being like, like, oh man, God helped you through that. And like that recognition, almost like seeing being other people being able to see God work in your life is something that's really cool how God uses that. And he makes you stronger and he helps people, other people see his glory. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've probably talked a lot on this podcast about John Milton because I'm taking number one, I'm taking a Milton class. <laughs> <Who? right. laughs> number one, I'm taking a Milton class right now. Number two, when we record this, it's the day I have a Milton class. So it's like fresh <laughs> on my brain. But it's wow, so inter- Milton. it's so interesting because his life exemplifies exactly what you're talking about. The man underwent immense persecution for standing up for truth and for righteousness in his time. Now, granted, he did have a lot of kind of off-the-wall beliefs, and, I mean, everybody does to some extent, but um, I just found it interesting because he wrestled with this thought throughout his whole life, like, what am I even doing? What am I writing this for? What am I writing this whole epic for? What am I writing poetry for? But you find it interesting that God used the writings of John Milton to actually strengthen the church because it, especially his work, Paradise Lost, I didn't know this until just recently, but up until that time that uh, that Milton was writing Paradise Lost, and that's the story of the creation, the fall of man, and then he eventually writes another story called Paradise Regained, which I'll read later, but <laughs> I'm reading Paradise Lost right now. Um, but I didn't know this. It, up until the time Milton wrote Paradise Lost back in the 17th century, there was a lot of debate about the uh, the the lives of Adam and Eve. Were they literal people or were they metaphorical, right? And God actually used the work of John Milton to confirm the idea of that they were literal people. And I was I, I was in class when I found that out. I, I just kind of sat back and was like, Wow. He thought he was insignificant his entire life. And you read some of his his poetry and he like he really wrestled with insecurity and insignificance and, and self-worth. And he was blind at the end of his life. So I'm sure he was asking God why, right? But God used his blindness, God used the suffering that he went through to reach enormous amounts of people all throughout the ages, right? And that's the same thing that God does in our lives today. We may, we may not write this huge epic that people, excuse me, will remember for years to come, but God is still going to use what we go through for our good and his glory, right? Yeah, yeah, we're all going to have tough seasons. I've had tough seasons. Austin, I'm sure, has had tough seasons. We've, we're all going to go through tough seasons, but the thing is we need to endure, endure those seasons and really just know that God is good. And, you know, God is going to be with you throughout that entire thing. He's not going to leave your side. And in the end, he's going to be able to use your story for something that you may not be able to see, but he's going to be able to use you in just incredible ways. Yeah. And I actually, that, that reminded me of a, a poem that I read. It, that For those of you that have, you're not familiar with the Seedbed Daily Text, are you, Spencer? I'm not. Yeah, so it's started by this company out of Nashville, Tennessee, somewhere in Tennessee, and they just, they put out, like, they they just, this one guy takes, walks through scripture, he'll walk through a book at a time and kind of do a daily devotional on it, right? And every year they have an Advent devotional around the time Advent starts. And this one lady who wrote for the Advent devotional this past year wrote a beautiful poem about where God is amidst suffering. 
right? And it just it, what we were talking about reminded me of it. And I pulled it up here. It says, and this is just the end of it. It says, where is God? He's hanging on a cross, having emptied himself of himself to the very last drop. Suffering in solidarity with the entire human race, affirming with his arms open wide the words that his Abba Father wanted the whole world to hear. You are my beloved ones. Where is God? He is here crying with us. And I think in that poem, it encapsulates the heart of God amidst suffering. And that's the hope that we as Christians have in Jesus Christ, that God is not some distant, aloof, supernatural being, right? He's supernatural, yes, but he literally took on sinful flesh. He took on flesh, became a man so that he could, he could know what we were going through, right? So that he could be with us in the suffering, so that he is here through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is here mourning with us, grieving with us, walking with us through the trials. And for me, man, if I didn't have that hope and that promise, I don't think Christianity would be worth believing, honestly. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Like Austin said, we'd love to hear from you guys. Give us feedback on any of our socials. Hit us up and let us know how we're doing or if you have questions. Um, But we'll be back next week, and we can't wait to see you guys then. Hey, thanks guys so much. We'll see you next week.